This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, Rachel Campos-Duffy. Hey, Sean. It's so great to be back at the kitchen table. Today, we have Evita with us on our Friday edition of Q&A, because today we have two uh, two stories that came to us from listeners who said, hey, we'd love to get your take on these two stories, and they are two hot topics. So um, the we're, one of them is a Texas businessman who got rich selling a bunch of farmland. I mean, I'm talking 130 acres of East Texas farmland to Chinese military assets. So we want to talk about that because, boy, that says something about patriotism um, if, if, if a Texas businessman's willing to do that. Uh, but the next one, uh, the one we're going to start with, is COVID. Um, you guys saw that this week Jill Biden got sick with COVID, which uh, if you were following Twitter... Um, people were, thought it was pretty funny because she's like been, I think, vaccinated three times. She's like six times boosted. I mean, she's one of those kind of people. And yet she has COVID. And, and in addition to that, you know, there's a new variant coming along. It's just like the flu. And, you know, now some universities are requiring students to mask up or else or or get vaccinated or they can't come back to class. We've seen a elementary school in Washington, D.C. and Maryland requiring students to be masked um, and several other agencies and government agencies and so forth in California and the federal government. It looks like it's coming back, all the covid mandates. And so the question people had with this uh, with this topic was, what do we do? What do we do if 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 this looks like the beginning of what they did to us last time? Sean, and I think the answer is never again. You know, they 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 pulled the wool over the American people's eyes using fear, saying, listen, if if you don't get vaccinated or if you don't mask, you're going to get sick or the love your loved ones are going to get sick from you passing the virus on to them. And I think it's it's fascinating because um, what we've all seen is, again, Jill Biden has been vaxxed and boosted and she still got covid. Remember when Joe Biden used to say the pandemic, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. He used to try to blame the pandemic on people who refuse to get vaxxed. But now we see those who are getting vaxxed are the ones who are getting sick. And so uh, I think I I look at whether it's going to be stores, but it's hard when you deal with schools or airplanes. If they try to bring your mass into your school, what do you do with your child? And I think that's a, a really hard place for a lot of parents. I think they're going to have to make a decision can I find another school that I can afford that's a private school, uh, maybe a Christian school, a classical school that I can get my kids into? Or is there a pathway for you know me and my spouse to homeschool this child? Because we saw with, with our now nine-year-old, but when she was in kindergarten, she was getting masked up and she didn't want to take her mask off. 
she would get in the car to, for us to bring her home and she'd want to put her mask back on. She wanted to wear the mask at home. And the consequences we're just starting to see of, of the impact that masks have had on kids over the two years of failed policies of, of Democrats and of Anthony Fauci. And I think we have to say, we can't let this stand. Airplanes are harder as well. If, if you have to travel for business, that's one thing. But I think if, if the federal government mandates masks on airplanes, we have to say, listen, I'm sorry, I'm not going to take that trip. I'm not going to go see my friends or my family. I'm going to refuse to fly. I'm going to boycott airplanes if they're going to try to make me follow junk science and wear a mask that won't prevent the spread of any diseases or COVID, I should say. So let's talk specifically about what you can do. So let's say you're a parent, Sean, um, and I want to get to Evita on this in a second here, but you're a parent and you're your school says we're going to have masks. I mean, you saying homeschool, but I mean, don't you think we should organize parents to go? We're not doing, I mean, if there's enough people in a school district who say, hell no. I mean, I just think that they, they can't do it. That well, listen, that's another great option. You can, you can organize, you can protest. Um, all the parents can say, we're going to keep our kids home. Um, there you can, but hopefully you get enough people that are energized enough to push back. I think what happens though is, People are really busy in their lives and they have their jobs and, and they get a system in place of, of getting up and t- time frames for which one of them goes to, to work and one drops off the kids. And, you know, sometimes some uh, parents available to pick the kids up after school or they go to aftercare. There's a whole system that families and it's different for everybody that families work out to, to make life happen. And so, to, to fight the man on masks sometimes can feel daunting, but I do think we do so many things for our kids. We give so much time, so much of our life, so much of our resources to our kids. This is a fight worth having to say, we are not going to listen. We're not going to follow the direction of a misguided school district or principal or teacher's union that are trying to force my kids back into, into masks, especially when the science is settled. Masks do not stop the spread. We had Dr. Jay Bhattacharya. On uh, 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 from Stanford uh, on on the bottom line yesterday, and he's like, "Listen, all the studies have shown that masks don't stop the spread of COVID, and anyone who's promoting that is promoting fake and false science, which is true. Yeah. So d- don't do it." Yeah, Vita, you did a really great uh, reel, I would say, on social media. Let's listen to it because here's your take: COVID tyranny is coming back, and it's your job to fight back. Joe Biden announced he'll be wearing a mask indoors. Whoopi Goldberg is dramatically calling in sick from the view with COVID. Public schools are handing out N95s to kindergartners. Blue City health officials are urging people to mask up. And many colleges and universities still have vaccine and booster mandates. Even back in 2020 and 2021, reasonable Americans knew COVID tyranny had nothing to do with public health and everything to do with social control. Yet most Americans were compliant. Some because they lived under constant threat of losing their jobs, others because they couldn't handle dirty looks. A smaller number of people, however, resisted. They lost their jobs and were expelled from their universities for choosing to avoid the vaccine mandates. They forewent indoor dining and entertainment and they walked through the airport with uncovered faces. Thousands of these brave Americans were severely punished for resisting the COVID psyop, while millions of other Americans obediently let it happen. This time around, it's everyone's responsibility to resist. Be strong, be courageous, because here's the thing, COVID panic only has the power we the people give it. If enough Americans refuse to shutter their businesses and comply with vaccine and mask mandates, the performative fear 
will cease to control us. Evita, so many good, so much good stuff in there. I love, um, you know, that you're really getting down to what this is about. It's a psyop. It's about social control. Um, it's about conforming and getting and normalizing uh, American citizens, American children in particular, normalizing them to conforming to government rules that make no sense at all, that only end up hurting them. So what are you going to do? They Let's say they impose it in the airport. You got to get to where you got to go. Um, are you just praying that there's like a thousand other people like you? They can't stop a thousand people from not wearing masks? Yeah, I, I think that that's really what needs to happen because last time, th- I, I don't want to be mean and, and not give any grace to people who who were faced with some really tough decisions last time. There were people who were told, literally, you will not have a job if you do not get the vaccine. And they had families to provide for. Maybe they had extended family they were providing for. And it was not an option for them to just say, okay, no, I will not comply. Um, and they ended up having having to do what their employer and or in some you know instances what what the federal government or state government told them to do. Um, and that was really hard. But the difference between now and then is we know without a doubt that this is all fake. that this I mean, the the, the COVID variants are going to be with us forever, just like you have, different strains of the flu every year. And to say we're going to shut down the world um, every couple years because some health bureaucrats decide that, you know, this time it's going to be really serious, um, that's not normal. That's not reasonable. And if enough people say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to comply with the vaccine and booster mandates, which you should do for your own health, really. Um, But well, but especially with the mask mandates um, or with the forced lockdowns, you're going to see all of the power that the government thinks they have go away. And what's important is a lot of people say, why is this happening again? We already went through the COVID stuff. We already know that it was all fake. Why would they do this again? And I, I have a couple of theories um, and they're both bad, right? I mean, one of them is that potentially this is is to to prime us for climate lockdowns and to mm-hmm. exor- exert their control. This is what Klaus Schwab and everybody else, the World Economic Forum said, they said that COVID was a test run for what needs to be deployed when the climate comes around, um, when their climate crisis comes around. And so they say, you know, this is going to be further normalizing um, regular Americans or Westerners in general, relinquishing civil liberties in the name of, of some emergency, whether it be COVID or the climate. And the other thing is that we're heading into an election season um, and and there's no doubt that there were massive problems with the 2020 election thanks to all of the changes that were made in the mass mail and balloting in the name of COVID. So these are two things that have nothing to do with public health um, and everything to do with undermining um, our institutions and and our and our the freedom that we 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 Americans have a right to. So I, I think. And having that in the back of your mind should be even more empowering for all of us to say, no, we will not comply, especially because we've already done this before. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go to home services marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals 
to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Such a great point you bring up about voting because so many of the rules that were changed for voting that were done, by the way, unconstitutionally, not not using the state legislatures to vote on it or what because they used emergency powers to do it. I imagine it's helpful to keep those in place by, you know, having another sort of climate or COVID emergency, if you will. But Sean, I'm wondering if we could get more specific. You may, we saw this with Bud Light. We saw this with Target. If there are big box stores that are going to do, you know, put in these mask mandates or require their, you know, employees to be vaccinated in order to get their ESG scores up, should we boycott? I mean, should we start doing that? Well, so I think um, to that point, you should you should go into those stores and not wear a mask. And I was listen. I, I this was it's personal because I I didn't believe the mask hysteria. I was you know I, I would go into the Walmart back in Wausau and everyone had their masks on. I'm like, all right, or like the quick trip back in Wisconsin, and I put my mask on, knowing it was drunk science. But I didn't want to be that guy that that wouldn't wear his mask. Because you're a nice guy from um, Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I wasn't gonna. Do, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be like confrontational. I'm at the point beyond confrontation. I'm not going to wear a mask. And because this is not just. To, well, to, to, so let well, me play that out for you, Sean. OK, you walk in, you go into Walmart. Um, everyone's, you know, unhappily wearing their mask. And, but there's some nice old guy who works there, you know, because, by the way, in Biden's economy, a lot of a lot of elderly now have to go back to work at Walmart as greeters or whatever. And they say the nice little old man says you got to put your mask on. What are you going to do? Go, listen, th- listen, thank you. I'm, but I, I'm, I'm not going to wear it. And I just walk on. I'm an American. I can yeah. walk faster than he can probably. And so I'll walk back into the store. And then, you know, <laughs> at, at one point, if they force me out of the store, I will leave. I'm not going to fight them. But if they force me out, they won't let me shop and buy my, you know, buy my my goods. I'll leave the store. But oftentimes they're 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 they're, they're not going to make you leave the store. They're going to let you buy your stuff and they're going to scowl. They might chastise you. They might you know, make comments to you, but they're going to let you still shop. So that's 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 one side of it. But let me just make a couple of points. This is not just about masks. That's why this is so important. And Navita made this point. This is about all of your freedoms. If they can, if they can again on junk science, take away your freedom to show your face, they can take away all of your freedoms. And, they're te- and they may test us again to see if they can go to that next step, those additional steps of, of censorships and lockdowns and, and grabbing more of your freedom. And you know, when you guys talked about the election and voting, also Joe Biden used COVID to hide in the basement. Had COVID not existed and Joe Biden had to be on the campaign trail, 
we would have seen as American voters that he was failing physically and he was failing mentally. But because he was able to run a campaign out of his basement and not do events and he was able to really um, uh, uh, contain how much access the media had to him and he was able to control what he was saying, that allowed him to misrepresent his qualifications and his abilities to the American people. And they want to try, because he's he's that much worse off today than he was back in the 2020 election, they want to have that same option for him. You know, in Evita's video, she mentioned Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, Whoopi did, a, Whoopi did a video from home about having COVID again. And by the way, Whoopi too is vaxxed, double vaxxed, double boosted. She got COVID oh, again. Sure. And she did a video out of her house wearing a mask, and she was in the house or in the room by herself. I mean, this is all just performative. Stupid. This is just art. Um, so and- it's not art. It's so stupid. It's it, And they think we're dumb. And and what I think is interesting, when I when I saw this video that you did, Evita, on, on Instagram, I thought this might actually give some people, by the way, let's just make this clear. Evita, Sean, Rachel, yeah, yeah, Sean, you wore your mask in the heyday of the pandemic, even though you knew it was BS because you wanted to be a nice guy and not cause a scene. But let's be clear, neither one of us got back vaccinated. All three of us faced some sort of discrimination on the on the uh, the least level. You know, we couldn't go to certain restaurants. Um, I I know I got treated like I was a leper uh, by a bunch of backed up people who I think many of them now regret it. Um, by the way, I saw, you know, there are a lot of people now p- posting videos saying that they regret getting the vaccine because they now have autoimmune issues that they never had before. And now some of these vaccine places are admitting um, lightly that there could be an issue or doctors are seeing a case up- upticks in that. But whatever. The point is that people might see your video or others like it, Avita, and say, this is my second chance to be courageous. I was not courageous enough. Even I, even though I said I wasn't getting vaccine, I now look back at the at what Sean described as the theater of it all. And I'm like, I wish I hadn't participated in any of it. Dude. I wish, I, you know what? I wish I'd just say, the hell is all you people? Like, this is, this is dumb. I'm sick of, the emperor has no clothes. Uh, you know, and I, I feel like I was braver than most people, but I wish I would be, have been even braver. And for me, this time, I'm going to be braver, just like Sean says. But I wonder, Evita, is this that second chance for people who were sheep, who were cowards the last time? Yeah, I think that there is an opportunity for people to, to have a redeeming moment for sure. But and I, I kind of had, you know, a hopeful rallying cry, um, you know, tone to my video. But if I'm being completely honest with you guys, I was extremely disillusioned during COVID that people didn't instinctively say, you know what, this is crazy. No way is the government going to tell me that I can't have my restaurant open. No way is the government going to tell me I have to put on a mask in the airport. No way is, is you know, Dane County going to say, Dane County is, is in Madison, Wisconsin, where I live for a while. Um, it, are they going to tell me that I'm not allowed to go into a movie theater without a, a, a vaccine? The, they controlled every aspect of our lives. And you'd think that the passion from the founding fathers and, and the, the, the national identity of freedom that we have would have made people instinctively say, no, 
there's no way we're going to comply with this. And yet most people did. The people that didn't comply, that were willing to get expelled from their universities or lose their jobs or get dirty looks on the public transport, transit, which I got all the time in Chicago, um, or who said, you know what, fine, for a full year, I'm not going to go out to eat, which I had to do because of COVID in Chicago. Um, those people were the weird ones. And everybody else that complied, they were they were the normal ones. And I, I wonder... If they didn't, if they didn't, you know, if they didn't stand up for themselves and for freedom last time, are they really going to do it this time? And especially if they have a new um, COVID emergency. So when we talk about maybe it's the climate coming up next, a climate lockdown, or if they didn't stand up against COVID, which they could observably see with their own eyes was not was not as bad as they were as the media and as these health bureaucrats were telling it, telling us it was then how are they going to do better the next time? Here's the difference. To be honest, I don't have a lot of confidence in the American I, I do have some hope, some confidence, and here's why. Because in the, in the, in, in the 2020s, right, uh, when the pandemic was in full force and effect, the, the government, those who wanted to get you to comply, understood that compliance came from those who felt like they didn't want to comply, they had to feel alone. They had to feel like an outcast. They had to feel like no one really agreed with them. And if they did, it was a small group yeah, of that, radicals. You're right. That was the tactic. Sean. And that's you're why right. they had that to shut it. down everyone's speech on social media, where people would organize and and uh, coalesce around a certain set of ideas. To a different point, to make my point, I don't think you would have seen the Bud Light backlash and organized protest and the length at which... Uh, just Americans have pushed back against Bud Light uh, in the ad campaign they did with uh, transgender male um, Dylan Mulvaney. I think it had the legs that it's had because people were able to go on now one platform that, that they didn't have in 2020, Twitter. And they were able to talk about what they were doing, why they were doing it, the success of what they're doing, taking pictures of stores of Bud Light stacked to, to, to the ceiling that people weren't buying and, and, and that community of people talking to each other or reading the posts from others and then seeing the success of their protest allowed people to stick with it. I think because Elon Musk bought Twitter and people's ability now to organize without being shut down and silenced and censored by the government because Elon said he's not going to do it and hopefully he sticks with it, you're going to see people in mass and in unison communicate, organize, and be uh, public Public dissidents is what they'll have. Um, and so I do think things have changed. And that you were censored because that was their way to control. They lost one of their platforms. And all you need is one platform for people to be able to go on and have a mass conversation about, hell no, never again, we're not going to do it. This is junk science. We stand for freedom. Yeah, we have the other platform that still is censoring, and I know that for myself because I post on there and I can see what's happening is Facebook. And that's where a lot of parents get together to try and organize and say, you know, remember they there were there were parent there were people who got together who said I was vaccine injured. And their little community were you know, believe you know, you couldn't say you were vaccine injured in public because everyone said you were a liar and you were this and you were histrionic and your symptoms weren't real. And so they found each other on on Facebook and those pages were taken down with quote, quote unquote, misinformation. And I worry that when it comes to schools and masking and, you know, um, there's a Substack guy is his, his Substack title of his 
and it's a very good one, by the way, for his, where he posts, is called Silent Lunch. Because uh, he never wants us to forget that little children had to eat lunch in silence per, you know, COVID protocol, that they weren't allowed to sing. Remember, they wouldn't let them sing. How many years did they go without being able to see each other's smiles? How many kids, you know, were not allowed to sit next to their friends at lunch? I mean, it was just disgusting what they did. Okay. And we need parents to be able to organize. And th they do that on Facebook. I'm, I'm so worried that will be used. Now, Sean, I thought you were going to say when you said they won't be they, that the Bud Light um, boycott worked. I, you said it was because they, they had Twitter. I thought you were going to say, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, that the reason Bud Light worked was because a lot of these people had been through the COVID lies and were, were disgusted by it and no. said, we're not going to lie about gender either. No, I don't think that. I, I, I think, I think making people feel alone gets them a, a vast majority of that, yeah. vast majority of them into compliance, but seeing that you're not alone, that there's a lot of people that think and feel the way you do gives you strength, lets you stand up and, and persevere in the face of authoritarianism. And Twitter has done that. I think during the, the Bud Light, and by the way, Bud, Bud Light, that's a, that's a silent purchase, right? No one, you don't, you don't have to publicly make yeah, a, a decision that I'm, I'm buying Corona because I'm not going to buy Bud Light, but I usually bought Bud Light. No one knows that. They're not wearing a mask. Um, or not showing a vax card if that comes Much back. That's visible. very public, and you got to and you got to have a backbone to stand up and do that. There was, I don't know if you guys saw this story. There was, I think it was seven teachers in in New York City sued the school district for firing them because they did not get vaxxed. The decision just came down. The Supreme Court in New York uh, found in favor of the teachers that were fired. They had asked Yay! for a religious uh, exemption to not get the vaccine. It was denied to them. And the Supreme Court found in their favor they got back pay and get their jobs back. So costly sometimes for some of these school districts that are making really bad decisions that, again, don't follow the science. And uh, that happened surprisingly in New York have, City. Sean, do you think that will have repercussions? Like other school districts will see, OK, if that was the decision that was made um, in the Supreme Court of New York state, we're not going to try and do this next time. Yeah, inter interesting. I, I don't I don't know. Um, I would hope so. But, but listen, if I was in New York, you, uh, you've all seen the story. You have, you know, schools opening in New York and lines going around the block because there's a massive amount of migrant kids now going to these schools. You would think that parents who understand their kids are failing in math and science and English because the school system is failing and because of the shutdowns and lockdowns because of COVID, they want their kids to get an education. They would be angry that a whole new group of kids are coming in, one, packing the school, but two, zapping resources because many of these kids, they don't speak English and they just don't speak Spanish. There's like 15, 20 languages that these kids speak that you need to take resources to be able to translate their language into English and English into their language. And if you're a parent, you'd be outraged by that. And I don't see, I don't see New York parents <laughs> out there protesting. I don't see them going like, what about my kids? I pay the taxes. You know, I pay the tax dollars that fund this school. Why aren't you focused on my kid? Why is my kid suffering again because of your crappy policies? It was first COVID. It was your lockdowns. And now it's because of your open border policy that my kids again have to suffer for another year because you want to let all these migrant kids. And I, by the way, I feel bad for them. They're excited. Yeah. These migrant kids are excited about going to school. The problem is the parents 
whose kids are Americans who pay their taxes for the school system are the ones that are getting shafted with a crappy education, which means their shot at the American dream is dying because their schools are dying. Do you know why parents are also mad? Because they're not required, because there's so many migrant kids and there's not enough, uh, I guess, resources to vaccinate them in time for the start of the school year. <laughs> so they're yeah. waving the vaccines. Like, yeah, I know it makes you want to explode. Can't make this they're up. waving the vaccinations um, for them for like, I don't know, 30, 60 days, which some people say, you know, if they had like some serious disease would actually, you know, hurt them. But I, I actually what I think is going to happen to be that is just a lot of American parents after finding out that they were lied to about this vaccine and hearing and getting more information from somebody like RFK Jr., who's had really wide reaching podcasts where he's talked about the issue of vaccines. I know I'm one of those moms that said, I wish I hadn't vaccinated my kids and I know but, plenty of moms who didn't vaccinate their kids that I was like, eh, when those little hippy dippies that didn't vaccinate your sister, Sean, didn't vaccinate her kids. We're, talking about, we all vac- kind of, we're not talking about the COVID vaccine. We're talking about all COVID, of the vaccines. We're talking about all vaccines in general. RFK Jr. has been talking. Yeah. Sorry, thanks for clearing that up. Um, has been talking about some of the some of the problems with vaccines and some of the things they don't tell us and disclose. So now we may start the school year with a lot of people in the post-COVID era having woken up to the lies from Big Pharma going, you know what? I'm not going to vaccinate my kid. Um, And that's kind of how I feel with, I don't have very many left that need vaccinations, but I I think I might be done. Well, what's interesting is, and I didn't even know this, but I listening to the RFK um, podcast with Joe Rogan that the vaccines have, have more than doubled, I believe, since over the last decade or so. So the vaccines I took um, were, you know, real real illnesses that people would always and yeah i mean like yeah i mean I, like you know the, the the smallpox and like crazy stuff like that right that people would actually get suddenly you have these preventative vaccines for for things that the the cost benefit is not there for um that these children are, are not even likely to get um and and they're adding them into this these this required list of vaccines for children now that they did I I didn't have when I was a little girl um getting ready to go to school and then and, they, and what you had required was more than what me and Sean had required so every you know generation gets more and more and it's it's a perfect system you require it you don't then you don't have to advertise for it and the drug companies you know, get you rich. have to convince right. the consumer yeah it's like it's a win win for for pharma well I was just gonna I was just gonna say um. I, I, I want to make a point about Twitter, not to not to backtrack us at all or anything like that. But I, I do want to say, as we're talking about the freedom of of speech with vaccines, um, whether COVID or otherwise, and and even with climate lockdowns, freedom of speech is so important, and freedom in the digital square is so important. But Twitter is not going to be the savior of the world. I'm not convinced that Elon Musk is. I agree with you. Somehow Jesus Christ, um, he's he's very imperfect. The platform still censors people. It still bans people. He's rarely even in charge. Sometimes he'll come in and swoop in and do good things um, when bad things are happening. But the reality is that the people that run these companies oftentimes are are fed from the deep state itself. And so they already have these tendencies towards censorship and partners, partnerships and, and relationships with people within the federal government. So even if there's not blatant, obvious uh censorship partners that we, we saw during the Missouri v. Biden case, right, where 
the White House was literally telling and directing the companies to censor specific tweets and people, even if that's not happening, it's still happening sort of in a backdoor kind of way because people, these people all know each other. They all have relationships. They're all working for the same companies and being fed in and out of the federal government and big tech because they are very closely related. And so Twitter is not going to fix everything. This is a long-standing problem. It's, listen, Twitter's not going to fix everything, but when you have a platform that is loosening up, it's cracking and allowing more free speech, and when Elon Musk invests, what, $42 billion to buy a platform, he needs people on it. When you censor people on a platform, they don't use it. And so, again, not the end-all, be-all. He's not Jesus Christ, but it is a space now where people are able to speak more freely, um, and that's going to be a raw benefit. Um, maybe other platforms will follow suit, but you guys, this is a good Definitely. conversation. Can I, can Definitely I, a benefit, but I, but I also want to say that that Twitter is a much older platform. Oh, stop it! Oh, you and your young people uh, saying it's, it's an old platform. But it's such a great point. It's such a great point, Sean. I mean, that we our generation, um, maybe slightly younger than us too, but her age, they're not on Twitter. They're so, the comments. So, they're on know, TikTok. That's fine. Yeah, we'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then Every Life is your solution. Every Life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Well, let's speak, well let's, speaking of the commies at TikTok, let's talk about the second story you brought up. Because this, this was an article that you and I both read like a week ago, Rachel. And we, we talked about it briefly, but someone sent it to us as well to comment on. So in, you mentioned in East Texas, there's a, there's a mogul uh, who his community is outraged at because what he's done is he went and he's bought up 130,000 acres, a whole bunch of different little parcels that uh, that add up to 130,000 acres of farmland. And as he bought it from his neighbors, obviously if you're a neighbor, you're like, oh, this, I got this, you know, this David Frankens, he's going to buy the land, David great, Frankens, he's, he's, he's nice got a lot guy. of money, yeah. nice guy. Well, what David Frankens was doing was not keeping the land, he was actually flipping it, sometimes in the very same day selling it, to a former Chinese military captain who's buying all the land from these, listen, East Texas, if you don't know your your political maps, it is like the reddest of the red part of America. They are patriots, they are conservatives, and they, listen, you could offer them double the price for the farm if you're going to sell it to a Chinese military agent. They would say, hell no, I'm not going to sell it. I love my country too much and I'm angry at China. They're the enemy. But they sold it to this guy, David Frankens, who then sold it to the Chinese, uh, this Chinese military uh, uh, former captain. So this has angered the community. They're not now this. And by the way, he's a he's a this guy's a big, a big dude. And he's been a, kind of a bully 
seems kind of like a piggish man. Um, but yeah, the, the community is now up in arms that their farmland didn't go to Franken's. It's now in the hands of, of a former Chinese captain. Your thoughts? Yeah, he sold it for, you know, as you said, twice millions, the market well, rate. Millions of this, dollars of profits, yeah, millions yeah, of dollars. Millions and millions. And then he went on, he, you know, he has an Instagram account or whatever, and he's, you know, flaunting his wealth and all the fun things he's doing with his, you know, wife or fiance. I don't know what she is, but I saw some of the pictures. I mean, and people started to go, what's going on there? And then they 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 put, put this together. And they also found out that he was actually pitching the Chinese. I think the CIA is involved now to try and figure out, you know, what this web is and, and how he found this guy or if this guy found him. But but I think that, that this is this is a, a bigger issue, right? Um, yeah, this is shady. But the question is, what? where are we at as a country when our own citizens are selling, are willing to sell out their country? Um, now, now, granted, many of the, it's, it's, we're assuming that many of the people who sold their farmland didn't know what was happening. Maybe some did, but this businessman definitely did. And this businessman definitely knows what the situation is with China. And you know, it's just, you go, this is why patriotism matters. This is why uh, morals matter. And you don't really have a country when your people don't give a crap enough about your country that they're willing to sell you out, sell out the country. And 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 we know, Sean, that they're, the Chinese have been buying up farmland. They've been buying up land near b- military bases. They flew a spy balloon over our country. They now have a spy base in Cuba, 90 miles off our coast. Um, they're gobbling up ports and all kinds of stuff in Latin America and mineral, rare earth mineral mines in Latin America and Central America. So they are in the Western Hemisphere. We all know that, and he's willing to do that. What does this say about where we're at as a country? To me, I I read the story, and I just thought because I was wondering when so many of the far, I heard about the farmlands being sold. I was going, who are these shady farmers? I have such a nice view of farmers. What the heck is happening? What's happening to our country? Yeah, so Sean? I'll take that first uh, before we go to Evita. So I, I and I've said this on many podcasts, and I'm going to say it again right now. You have a mindset in America where it's look out for me, look out for my family, the country be damned. If I can make millions of dollars for myself and my family and it might hurt my neighbors um, and it's going to help China, that's okay. I'm going to do it. That was never the mindset. We always believe in, you have to have morality around capitalism or capitalism doesn't work. You now have people selling out the homeland, selling out their companies, their jobs, their future, to the Chinese, these are our enemies. They are not our friends. And uh, what's, what fascinates me is that China would never allow American, you know, former, you know, captains in the military to buy massive swaths of land in China, especially next to military bases, especially when America had just flown a spy balloon over their country. Um, it would never happen. Um, but not only that. To just to kind of back to another story that's in the news, the the Chinese have just said uh, the Wall Street Journal reported this. Bloomberg has expanded the story, but they've now said that uh, th- those people who work for the Chinese government or Chinese and en- potentially Chinese entities, they can't use the iPhone. Well, the iPhone is like eighteen uh, percent. The Chinese market is eighteen percent of the iPhone market. It's a big deal, and as we all know, uh, Apple makes almost all of their phones in China. 
So, and this is the behemoth in the room, Apple is. They're, a, they're giving a shot across the bow to Apple. And I think what they're saying is, are you going to be an American company or are you going to be a Chinese company? And I think that Apple thinks they can, they can still sell their wares in America, but be really Chinese friendly. And just a, a quick story on this. Micron, an American chip making company, was uh, kind of at war with China. They wanted America to have more protections for American chip makers and more manufacturing in America. Well, Which is China, really important to our national security, by the is. way. China, important. China came out and said, okay, well, here's the deal. These are fungible products, these chips are. We can't have any Micron chips. It's a national security risk to have Micron chips in any of these products that might go into our sensitive, in quotes, our sensitive um, industries. Well, it's hard for a lot of the people that manufacture these things that buy the chips from Micron or from Samsung or someone else to actually know what chips are going into what product and are going where. And so it was almost a death blow to Micron. So what was Micron's response? They said, okay, we're going to invest billions of dollars back in China to manufacture in China. But what China really wants is Micron to go to the U.S. government and advocate for China on China's behalf. They want U.S. companies because those U.S. companies want and need to make a product in China to go to the U.S. government on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party and advocate the Chinese Communist position. I think that's the exact lobby, same thing. To go, yes, they're going to do the exact same thing with, with Apple, with Tim Cook. To go, listen, Tim, you better get Joe Biden on page. You better get him to roll back some of those tariffs, stop some of those restrictions on sensitive U.S. US products being sold to China. You change that and you have a friend in China. And that's the position that these companies are in because they do business in the communist country. Get the hell out of China. Go to India. Go to Vietnam. Maybe come back home. But get out of China the companies aren't, though, because it's all about profit. It's all about padding their own wallets. And they'll be long gone by the time the Chinese, you know, march on America. Or, or their families, their, their children and their grandchildren will have generational wealth that they built doing these deals with China. And they don't care because, as you said, they're only looking out for their own offspring. Evita, how much is, first of all, I think this is treasonous and we need to have a conversation about is what this farmer did or this business owner did by buying up land and then selling it to the Chinese, you know, sort of in secret, lying to his neighbors and all that is, is the sale to the Chinese who are our enemy is, shouldn't that be treasonous? Is it treasonous? And the other question of Ida I have is how much of this, you know, Sean's talking about, you know, how people, you know, how can they do this to their own country? Well, we're telling people all the time how bad we're telling our own citizens, how bad we are. We're tearing down statues. We're tearing down our own history. We're, we're, we're vilifying our, our, our founding founders. fathers. Yeah. We have trigger warnings on our founding documents at our national archives because, you know, our constitution or our bill of rights is now considered insensitive. Offensive. How much of this have we brought on ourselves? Yeah, it's such a good question. And it makes me, makes me feel really sad to hear this story. It makes me think that the Chinese are really, really smart. I, I saw this um, tweet going around Twitter yesterday. It's it's a quote from Sun Tzu, who is an ancient Chinese general, who said, the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. 
And that is 100% what the Chinese are doing to us right now. And it's really scary. And and it's and it's happening with with the with the compliance of the American people themselves. I, I we haven't talked about BRICS yet, but I am really concerned about how the, how the Chinese and the Russians and uh, and the Saudis are undermining the American dollar, which could bring America to its knees without a single weapon being fired. But at the same time, I I understand your point about how the, our own government really has turned its back on on the American people and and has I mean a, as a conservative I say who's who's the greater enemy and this is I, I talked about this when I talk about why I have TikTok um because I think American social media companies are oftentimes worse than TikTok because they're even more censorious to to conservatives than TikTok is because they're partnering with with the deep state. So I I as a, and and also I, I I've talked about this before on on the podcast, but I was in a I was in a, a seminar with Andrew McCabe and Obama's former chief advisor. Now I'm forgetting his name, uh, David Axelrod. Where where Andrew McCabe, who was a Russia hoaxer, former deputy FBI director, said that half of the American public, meaning conservatives, are synonymous with the Islamic Caliphate. That we are as dangerous as as domestic terrorists and. To me, that that's not a country that that cares about me. That's a that's a that's a government that I fear. And I think for for all of us that have these two things in our minds, right, where we say, yes, the Chinese are dangerous, but also our own government is a threat to yeah. us. We have to think about what we have to separate America and the love that we have for the principles that we were founded on and the everyday man, our neighbors and our family from the federal government, because those are two different things. One is the heart and soul of this country. And the other um, is literally destroying our country from the top down. And and so I, it's it's difficult to defend our country when our government is doing that. But I, I, you can still do it if you say, you know what, this isn't America. This, our federal government is bad. The Chinese are bad. I'm not going to help the Chinese, though, because I care about my neighbors and my family um, and and the values that our country was founded on. I'm going to keep fighting here, keep fighting um, the war on two fronts, really, the, the one abroad and the one right here. And it's really, really hard. And I understand the the, you know, sort of the the cognitive dissidence that you have to have with that. Um, but but that's what you have to do in in 2023. But- but what about the fight in Congress, Sean? I mean, wh- why is this even legal? Uh, let's for, for, let's talk. We can talk about the the stuff with Apple. I think that I, I don't think we should make it. I mean, this farmer is as treasonous to me as Tim Cook is in selling out our country. Well, let's be clear. This is not treason. This is legal, right? Um, I know, but why is it legal? I, it should I, be illegal to sell be, land to the Chinese. It should be illegal. You're right. Um, and so, but and I was, and you've heard me say this a lot, Rachel. The Congress is a reflection of the people, right? They do the things that the people are, are clamoring for them to do. Um, and so if you go back to the 1970s or 80s, if there was a businessman in your community who was making millions of dollars selling products to the old Soviet Union or a businessman who closed down his shop in your community and moved his business to the Soviet Union, there would be mass outrage, if politicians were favoring the Soviet Union, our arch enemy, there would have been mass public outrage. But there's not outrage now with the Chinese. The public is 
it has come to accept the fact that we are going to do business they're going with China they're going to steal from us and it's inevitable that China is going to be the military and economic power in the world i think that the american people are accepting of that um it also comes into play of what's happened in the school system you mentioned this Rachel but this fact that we want to demonize everything that is so great about this country to our kids we're going to tell them about the founding fathers and They'll rewrite history to make America seem bad at every turn. And so when you're not a patriot, when you don't love your own country, you don't want to fight for it, you don't want to defend it, and you don't give a darn if someone sells it out to the Chinese for a profit because you don't like it either. You hate it as well. You look even, even it's still in small town America, people fly their flags, but in so many places, flags aren't flown and actually Flags, American flags are seen as offensive to so many people because of the Marxist communist ideology that's been fed to our kids in the public education system. And so we have brought this on ourselves. These are the consequences of it. And if the American people, not the Congress, if the American people don't wake up to it or we don't have a leader that opens our because I look at the border, the border issue and Donald Trump saying we're going to build a wall this is killing the country immigration. Well, he opened a lot of people's eyes to that issue. He put tariffs on China, again, changing a lot of people's hearts and minds on the threat that China is. A leader can do it as well to go, we are not going to, we're not doing business in China. Our companies are going to get out. And if they're going to make their products in China, they're not going to sell them in the U.S. Or if they do, there's going to be a steep, steep tariff on them. We need a leader or a mass awakening in the country to save America. And if we don't, this is the, 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 this, this, this track that we're on, it's only going to go faster and faster and faster. It's not going to slow down. You're going to see this, this, this really quick decline of America and a very quick rise of China. You are so right, Sean. And, it is, and it's happening everywhere. And I think that it's one of the biggest, um, it's one of the biggest issues we're facing. It, it, may, it may be the biggest issue we're facing as a country. It's right here in our hemisphere um, how do we bring back patriotism? How do we make people love our country again? How do we bring back morals? Um, so people just, as you said, Sean, so so aptly, you know, capitalism was never meant to be, you know, in the absence of morality. Capitalism only works when people have the restraint that comes from ethics and morals. And without that, you just get, you know, greed. Greed. Right. You just get greed. You get ugly greed. And if you look at the pictures of this guy, he looks like an ugly, greedy person. And I'm really glad that his town and his fellow citizens are shaming him because he should be shamed. Um, and I really hope that more farmers out there as they look to sell their land and look, it's tough. Some of them are facing really hard times because we're making it really hard to be a small farmer in America. And that's another thing Congress needs to work on. Um but we we got we've got to put patriotism first. We got to protect our farmland. We got to protect our food sources, um, and we have to be on the alert of who our enemies and just are. Just a side Last, note on, on, on go ahead, yeah. Just a side note on that is it's not just protecting your farmland from China; it's protecting it from people like Bill Gates and corporations. Yes, thank I, you. I, when I, in Wisconsin, we have a lot of small farms. And there's a farm, there's still a, a yearning for the small family farm culture that, that built this country. And we need to protect the diversification of our farmland and our farmers. It's not all massive corporate, massive Bill Gates. I want small farmers that 
dot our our country, that run their own operations, that make a living, that try different techniques and tactics to 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 grow their crops or raise their animals. That's beautiful. But when when it becomes corporate, it's so much easier for the government to control. And I think there's there's three things that our government is trying to do, and Evita alluded to this as well. They want to control your energy, they want to control your food, and they want to control your currency. Um, those are the three, and they have those three things. They have everything they need to control you. Yeah, you know, it, it's such an important point you're making about these are these are not. I mean, I think of somebody like Bill Gates. I mean, that's that's a globalist. Um, and and the people you talked about who have these multi you know national firms and these huge corporations, they're globalists at heart. They're not they're not looking out for America or their neighbors here. They're looking out for themselves because their allegiance is to themselves and to their global citizenship. And that's how they, by the way, that's how they rationalize and justify selling out their country. That's what that whole global citizen crap is. And your generation, Evita, has really been sold on that. I, I think that we we definitely have that problem with Gen Z. And I think part of that is comes down to the school system and, and us doing this weird um, global citizen sort of uh, ethos in the public schools or in elementary schools, middle schools, um, and and de-emphasizing our our national identity, getting rid of of American history and putting in instead social studies, which is which is really a sort of a a a a Marxist concept to be honest, because it's all about yeah. social movements that tend to be very left wing um, and and told to the perspective of Marxist narratives. So I. I it's I don't blame our generation, though, at the same time, I think it's a problem, but I don't blame them. And that, again, we talk about it all the time. That's why classical education, homeschooling is so important, because then you avoid all of that indoctrination and can actually raise real patriots. John, do you remember when we walked into that school, that public school, we thought we were going to take our kids to at one point, And the principal told us, we're raising global citizens here. And you were like, oh, no. We're not going here. Yeah, by the way, I'd set my finances up not to send my kids. To, listen, it's a big, it's a big budgetary item when there's especially when there's five or six of them going to. Um, a, it's not cheap. No, we sacrificed. But we said this, and they're not going here. They're, 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 yep, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna find this little classical Catholic school, which we did, great community, um, and we couldn't be happier for it. There's it's a sacrifice. We we make the financial sacrifice, but again. It always comes down to can I can can I make it happen financially, and how much do I love these kids, and what do I what do I want them to be when they grow up? Do I want them to be a free thinker, or do I want them to be indoctrinated with my tax dollars in a school system that doesn't share my values? And so we didn't have a yeah. choice. We had to take them out. We didn't have to. We never didn't. We didn't. We chose not to put them in. Is what we did. And so again, I think. Um, more, and by the way, more parents across the country are yearning for school choice to get their kids into schools that reflect their values. Um, and if they don't have school choice, they're making the financial decision themselves to 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 save their kids, protect their kids. Um, and if there's enough parents who do that, there is some future for the country. But again, because in those schools, we teach real history. In those schools, we teach patriotism. We teach love of country. Um, respect and reverence for our founders and the ideas that they brought to the face of the earth that have profoundly taken over other parts of the country and hasn't brought despair, hasn't brought poverty, but the idea of American capitalism and democracy has brought great wealth and opportunity and upward mobility for so many people around the globe. 
that we could, and by the way, it's not your generation's fault, Evita, it's my generation and the, and the generation before us that allowed these commies into the school system, that we didn't, we weren't more protective of the school system. We let them in. And now that cancer has, it was a couple seeds that has grown in and taken over everything. And now we see the problem that we didn't address and could have done it very easily in the early 80s and 70s. We let fester and grow. And now we have a massive problem on our hands. And the consequence of that is young people who don't love their country. They don't want to fight back and push back against China. Um, and But to the final point, Rachel, I'm happy too that in East Texas, um, is, it East, is it East Texas or West Texas? Yeah, it's East, it's East Texas. Yeah, that, East, that, that this it's community is Texas. like, this guy's a pig. You know what? Yeah. He doesn't share values. Shame on him. David Frankens, you should be ashamed of yourself. Lufkin, and every Texas. other person who is bundling farmland, American farmland, and under these weird like acronym names, so nobody knows who you are, and selling it to the Chinese for profit, shame on you. Shame, shame on, on you. you. That's right. Listen, I, I, I love that this was a little different today, but taking some stories that people sent us to, to talk about. I love that. And I, and I love that we got this one on uh, on the on the Texas story because we both saw it and it wasn't one we we're going to do a podcast on. But it was when someone sent it to us, it was great to sit down and and really call, it's, a, it's an important issue. And it's important to talk about. It's a it's not a story that's old. It's a story that's happening every single day in this country that that people are selling out their homeland, selling out the community, selling out jobs for um, our arch enemy. And it's got to stop. It has to stop. It's got to stop. Well, good good job. Uh, great having you, Evita. Um, and we'll see everybody next week on the kitchen table. Are we going uh, video next week, Sean? Yeah, we finally got our video back up running. So you're going to be able to see us. If you want to uh, tune in, you can see us not just on audio, but also video. Um, that's true, Rachel. Next week is going to be video again. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast, foxnewspodcasts.com. You can always find us there. Um, and please subscribe. You get a notice every time our podcast drops Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, we enjoy doing the show. And Evita, it's always great to hear from you, having you step in and, and join the conversation uh, from beautiful northern Wisconsin, from the cabin, where the weather, I think, is still kind of nice. So good for you. Still holding out. Yeah, pretty nice. All right. Bye All now. right, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.